Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Oh, my God, we have a great two hours for you. It is so really cool to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And I just got finished reading a, a great book. And, you know, the guest of that book is on here today. You know, first of all, the thing that I was attracted to about the book, ta-da, um, when I got the book, I, I must have an obsession with black covers of things or off black covers and a metallic of anything this happens to be a beautiful uh, i don't even know how he pulled this off i don't know how anthony pulled it off but it's a beautiful copper but then i read the book and what i realized is that this book is is something that i didn't know i didn't think anthony cummings thought about writing this book for the time we're living in today. Because for most of you out there, you have to know, it's like the Emmys, Benny. It's like the Emmy mm-hmm. Awards that yep. just came out. The list of uh, nominations, yes. It's a list of nominations, but it's based on a body of work. Sometimes started a year ago or even further ago. And so I was looking at the nominations and I asked myself this question. I thought to myself, okay, how many of these have I watched? And what I realized and what I was struck by was I'm clearly not a comedy buff. So probably not on that list. Um, But there was a couple of things that I was a little disappointed in. And I looked at this and I was reading the book at the same time. And I, I'm, I'm reading the book and I'm, and I'm getting ready and I'm doing this. And I'm like, what are the expectations that I have or that we have for people we look at in the world, right, to do things? And especially when we're looking at powerful, powerful portrayals of human, humanness, and I thought about this and, and I, I texted my friend and I said to my friend, I do not understand. And I said, you know, am I the only one that thought that uh, Evan Rachel Wood's portrayal in Westworld was some of the best acting I've seen? And my friend said to me, you know, Pat, we all have views of champions and performance of others in our minds. We all have a view of that. And she said to me, you know, why were you disappointed? I said, well, first of all, I don't know. First glance, I didn't see her nominated and Benny's going to fact check me on that. The second thing is that 
I wonder what we honor if if we look at awards like this, and, and those of you are going to say, come on, Pat, you know, you're in a different world because this is our pop culture. That's a different thing. There are awards that we do in the genre that we're, I'm in now, the human potential field, for sure. Um, but the question is, I was fascinated by this. I looked at the shows and I looked at the book. How to Be a Modern Samurai, 10 Steps to Finding Your Power and Achieving Success. And I thought to myself, the folks and the programs that are being, let's just call it acknowledged, go so much deeper in their content of what they portray, how to overcome obstacles, how to move beyond tragedy, how to look at controversy, in a world. Um, and I thought to myself, we have changed or are changing at some level um, in our pop culture if these are the things that we're looking at and that we value. These are the kinds of things that we're plugging into. And this is a different conversation for me then it might be, it, like I'm not here to talk about Twitter or Facebook or social media. But what is becoming clearer and clearer is that we have moved away from sort of the necessity of living from the 50s and the passion and the, the revel of the 60s. We've now moved to a place where complex shows about the human dimension of things in a complex nature are becoming something we're willing to talk about. And so today, it really lines up with Anthony Cummings joining me here today and talking about how to be a modern samurai. Because think about samurai. Once upon a time, it was a Tom Cruise movie. But beyond that, we have a sense of this. We have a sense about the art of war. We have a sense about the loyalty. It's hard to say the word samurai without having an image of dedication, commitment, belief, it's hard. It's hard to say samurai, even if you don't know the history and the culture, it's hard to see that image of samurai in something less than a powerful, powerful warrior, disciplined, uh, absolutely committed to a cause. But today, we're going to be talking with Anthony about the magic of this. You know, what is it about this culture, about this book that allows us to take a look at the future we live in and answer the questions for us today about how do we not just survive in the world, but how do we kick it up and become ultra successful? Uh, Anthony, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Good to have you. Um, this is probably something that, you know, you may or may not relate to, but the uh, Emmy announcements just came out, and I was really struck by a number of different things. Number one, even some of the shows and some of the comedy categories are really deep. And so right. they're not like... You know, they're not like the shows that used to be. 
the complex nature to understand the human dimension, human behavior, and human spirituality is becoming really obvious to people like me. My sense is that's also part of this book that you've written. I'd like to know what it was about your life that drew you to understanding the journey, the challenges, the high points and the low points of samurai. Well, basically, I have come through the ninja, bizarrely. So when I was a child, everybody asked me this. They say, Anthony, why do you love ninja and samurai so much? And the only answer I've got, the only one, is I remember being a child in a toy shop with my grandfather, and he was really tall and I was tiny. And he said to me, do you want the army figures or the ninja figures? And I looked at him really confused, thinking, how do you not know that I love ninjas so much that it isn't even a choice? And that's my earliest memory, actually, one of the earliest memories. So I don't actually know where I started to love ninja or samurai from. And then, of course, I went down the ninja craze and I did all this throughout the 80s. I was born in 1978, so the height of disco and uh, big hair. So then basically... I brought the big I, hair just for you, too. Yeah, I brought you, the big hair. The, eight, the, I brought, yeah. the 80s as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were big. So, and then it was the ninja boom in the UK so uh, and in America. So everything was ninja this, ninja that. So I latched onto that. However, in about 2004, after I'd finished my first degree, at, uh, obviously I'm English and I was at the University of Manchester and I went to Japan to teach English and I set on this crusade to find out the truth about the ninja. So I actually put together a small team and we went all over Japan getting as many ninja scrolls as possible and trying to find out and trying to translate them. Now, my Japanese is terrible. So I put a sort of group together who could read old Japanese and we started publishing all the works and manuals about ninja. And it suddenly became obvious to us that actually this idea of ninja v samurai is totally wrong. And the ninja is just a subsection of full samurai warfare. So what we did is I had to then think, okay, well, how do I fix the samurai then? Because a lot of the things we thought we knew are actually a little bit incorrect. So I went on a crusade to try and find the ninja school, uh, the samurai schools then, and put it all in context. So I've ended up about 10 years later with a mass of this translated material, translated published books, all laid out. So, and um, that is basically how I came to have all this information about the samurai. So, you know, I love that we're talking about this because as a kid, um, you know, why does a girl like me from the Bronx, New York, get so attracted to comic books, right? So this was my thing, just like you with ninjas, right? I got so totally hooked on the DC comic books and the characters for there. And of course, the Marvel universe and those, and I would take them and I would read them and I would draw them. Um, but I never, I, never, I never thought about the fact that here we are, that those influences of our lives helped us shape, right? Uh, a mm -hmm. mantra, a credo for how to live. I never really thought about that. And I was reading your book and one of the first things that, that jumped out for me immediately was out of the gate, you're sharing with us these steps, but you're also giving us some backdrop about culture. Yeah. And 
I want to just come out of the gate and talk with you about something that I think is controversial, but I think it's important. You know, out of the gate, control your mind. And one of the things I love about this is we have gone through now 10 years, I think it's 10 or more, Anthony, of things like emotional intelligence. And mm. That thing, emotional intelligence. And, and it, one of the features of emotional intelligence at the end is control. And I never really understood that, how you go through a range of emotions and you sort of let them get to have their way with you. And then at the end, we talk about control. But tell me from your perspective in samurai terms, control your mind is one of the things that we hear a lot, but we rarely hear people say this as succinctly as you. Control your mind. Tell me about what rabbit hole we go down if we don't do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> basically, this the entire premise, I think, of Samurai Ways hangs on this factor. Normally, when something, say somebody attacks you, you react naturally and you just react to it. And what you've got to do is actually train the opposite way where when somebody attacks you don't react naturally you have a structured response to it that tends the martial art you structure your response to it however in the mind what you've got to do is when somebody comes at you is be able to also have a control of how you respond because every argument you ever have every problem in life is normally based on your natural reaction to somebody saying something and everybody misunderstands each other and then they start blowing up and then all your friends fall out with you and it all goes downhill and so what you have to do so one of the things they say in samurai literature is not say everything you think the first thing you've got to do is have that gate of the mouth and when you think it take away 90 percent pick the best 10 percent and then only from that best 10%, you pick something like 7% of that overall, and you start letting out things that are strategic and tactical. And you've got to be able to think ahead of yourself to make sure that where you end up is like chess. You're not going to end up losing by what you say. Now, in the modern world, obviously with Facebook, and I say we're going to take it out, Twitter, people don't even, they don't even have a gate anymore. So in old it's actually part of the old ninja world. It's called the gateless gate. Now, this is an old Buddhist koan, and it's the idea is that it's a difficult one to explain quickly, but basically the idea is that there's a gate and you can move on to enlightenment, but there's actually no barrier at the gate. And if you want, you can just jump through it. But ninjas use this reverse-wise, and they say the inside your mind is all somebody's information, what they say. But actually the face is the gateless gate. You can have a stonewall face, a poker face, but when you prod and push it and touch it, you find out what's going on on the inside. So you have to break through the gateless gate. So this means that as a samurai, you have to really have control. If you don't have control, you open up what you're thinking. You then probably do the wrong thing and you'll end up in the wrong place. And of course, in samurai times, that means having your head chopped off. Yeah. And you know what I, I love about this and the way you describe it in the book? And, um, and I asked you this question beforehand. So, you know, my conversation about setting this up by talking about something like Westworld. So here, here yeah. is really the association I'm making. Now, what do all of these shows that I mentioned have in common that's really different? Well, yeah, we could debate over the content of the show. But I will tell you this, whether you like the show or not, 
the actor in the show or the power lead actor in most of these shows were women. And yeah. that is a mighty change, a mighty change. Now, I'm not saying there aren't men that were in these shows and they are not nominated. Um, but you'll never forget that last scene in Westworld and ask yourself the question, did that really happen? Or you'll never forget, you know, sort of the role that Kate Planchette played that you want to hate her so badly. And what I want to ask you is mostly when we say samurai, we're talking about men, but you don't hmm. make that distinction. No, no, because we, these are samurai ways from modern world. Now, first of all, samurai is a social class. So one, yes. what a lot of people don't realize is actually women were of the samurai social class. So back in the day, if um, a samurai normally married a samurai woman, they were there. However, when we think of samurai, we're thinking of men out there in armor, killing people and doing those things. But of course they did have women, but the women as well were held the samurai ethics. They said, we are samurai, we're of that class. Yep. Very few of them actually went out to fight. In fact, it was considered bad for women to fight in Asia because of the yin-yang. The idea is that a man is yang energy and the more yang energy you have, the more powerful they are and females will possibly disrupt that. However, women were powerful in their own way. And I've actually done a lot of research on the, the yin-yang elements of women. But there is no doubt for the modern world whatsoever that women are now coming up absolutely on par with men in all areas. And that is the way the world is changing. And none of the things in the book exclude women at all. In fact, I don't know if you noticed, but all the language is gender neutral as well. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Like, I yeah. did notice that. And I, and I wanted to acknowledge you for doing that. Because as I went through your book, and it's one of those books, and if I just say, Anthony, for those of you just joining me here today, I just want to be very clear. Um, we're talking about how to be a modern samurai, 10 steps to finding your power and achieving success. Anthony Cummins joining me here today. I'm great, really grateful to have you here because this is a book we need to have a conversation about. And one of the things that people might not get from what I'm saying is, Within each of the steps, you give us a roadmap, a blueprint. You talk about, you know, discover the breaking point of your resolve. I mean, who talks about that, right? And you go through this in so many ways that I wondered how in the world you either had a great editor or you're just amazing. How did you get all of these nuggets in the book? But the big takeaway for me, and it's so important in the world we live in today, was my friend said to me one day, watch that movie Samurai. This is a bunch of years ago. And I just thought, oh, Tom Cruise doing that role. That's like Tom Cruise playing Lestat in, you know, oh, in Rice's yeah. books. And I thought, oh, but I watched it and there was something in there that I couldn't really explain, but I'm reading your book. And this mm. to me is the key. You talk about this, my language, not yours, the spiritual magic nature. Okay. And there's something that gets left out of the transformation and human potential world these days, because we choose to exclude it. But that was my takeaway from that movie. Yeah, I mean, all of the other stuff. But there was something magical, spiritual, and transformative 
in watching that movie, violent as it may be, that left me from there, not thinking about the warrior aspect, but something that was indescribable. I want to ask you about that because there is something that's hard to put words around when it's invisible and we cannot see it. Yeah, I think on the whole, Japan is based on the four aspects here. You've got Taoism or Taoism, whichever way you want to say it. You've got Shinto, you've got Buddhism, and you've got Confucianism. And what people don't realize is, and we have lost in the West the Christianity aspect, but of course we've lost our ancient religions like Odin and all the Irish religions, they've all gone. And I remember as a child, actually, my grandmother used to say, if the wind was out howling outside, she'd be like, oh, the banshee is out there, it's howling for someone. And, you know, and that I've actually said the end of sort of our traditional culture was in about the year 2000. But the thing about, because actually the last, the reason I say that, it's a bit of a segue, but the reason I say that is because the last generation were born in 1920 who really had to deal with horses and carts. They had to deal with the agricultural landscape and all of that. And after the year 2000, they didn't. And they're just totally detached now from that. So the thing with Japan is they kept that for a long time, much longer than we did. And that is that invisible barrier around you where you genuinely believe in the universe. Like, for example, the Taoism, the universe has function in your life. You actually have to engage with it. So a lot of people misunderstand Taoism. So basically, Taoism is about... It's about your place in the universe. It's about basically being the center of the universe. But everybody's their own center of the universe. And it all works. It's not that one person is in the middle. You're all in the middle of your own universe. Then lower than that is Buddhism, where the idea is like, how do I get out of this samsara, this cycle of death and rebirth? And then Confucianism is like, well, how do I deal with people around me? And Shinto, of course, is how do I deal with my ancestors and the gods and all of those people who came before me? And all of that is inbuilt into samurai before they even grow up and pass five years old. And, you know, what's interesting about this, too, is, um, first of all, um, I would like to ask our listeners when you go get a copy of this book, How to Be a Modern Samurai, I cannot think of a better tool to have right now than this. Because when I'm reading this book, and I was really surprised, you know, Anthony, I'm pushing almost 10,000 books in a 16-year career. And when I get a book like this, And I think about what's been missing from my own transformation journey. And I've been through a lot. I don't want to even get into it. Um, But uh, everything from my mom's suicide to being homeless at 17. And by the way, you know, the the way I got off the streets at 17 was I joined one of these Hare Krishna groups so that I could have new clothes and stuff. Um, But I learned from that. Now, that's a weird story. But here's the thing for me. I got to learn about the Japanese culture. I never thought I would learn about it. But I play a sport that involves quite a few people from Asia. And one of my partners is Japanese. And I learned in action and behavior, and I can't explain it what you have in the book. There's something I learned that encapsulates all of those spiritual practices, religions you talked about. Everything from bowing before a game. 
everything from if you miss a point, you know, what happens, what happens with the behavior. I mean, I learned something that I can't describe, and I rarely talk about this on air, but I read your book, and I thought, man, this is a book for COVID-19. I mean, you didn't plan this, did you? Not not so far, not that I remember. (laughs) But don't you find it timely that this book, everything in it, all the steps, including build a fortress, is such a blueprint for today. What was your greatest challenge when you were writing the book? How did writing this book change you? What did you have to sort of push through to get this to come out the way it did? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is we the, the samurai follow what everybody knows as Bushido, don't they? But the problem is, is we've got this idea in the West that the samurai were perfect. They had this, but the problem is they were still humans. They had the same issues, and actually, their society was extremely violent. So, but there's so there's a, for me as I did a, I did my masters in archaeology basically, and I do history and that sort of stuff. So I've got to try and keep it. And of course, my main goal is historical accuracy. This. Was uh, the reason this book came about is my um, publisher was like, Anthony, I want you to write a self-help book, do it. And I'm like, she said, you should do it. And I was sort of pushing against that for a while because I was doing pure history and how to deal with history. But then I did it. And this is my first attempt, actually. This is my first go. And um, the issue is, is samurai were still brutal humans. They were still sometimes horrible people, but they had ideal ways. And very few of them could live up to those ways. So you have to be careful about treading the line between historical accuracy, meaning actually going out and taking someone's head and being happy about this versus taking the bits that are still true to history, but genuinely will work today for you and what the samurai aim to do themselves. Now, it was very difficult because if you go slightly off like one way, it could be a militant book. It could be a book about totally. It could go too far in the in the religious sense where it becomes too spiritual but without any substance. So I had to try and find everything that just gelled together that it still represented the samurai and was useful to do what it says without being off track. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, Anthony, but before we do, how can people get copies of the book? Uh, and how do they find out more about you? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the power in building a fortress. It is one of the most unlikely magical things I found. But yet after I read this chapter that Anthony wrote, I realized how much I do this in my life. But what does that mean in today's world? How do we find out about you, Anthony? Right, you can follow me on YouTube, basically. If you just look up Anthony Cummins on YouTube and I'm there, I've put up videos for the last 10 years. And of course, the book, uh, How to Be a Modern Samurai, it's 10 Steps to Finding Your Power and Achieving Success, is actually out on the 11th of August. It's my birthday on the 9th of August. So if you all get a copy, then I'll be have a happy birthday, won't I, basically? But it's normally published. It's out in all bookshops, you know, on Amazon, no problem at all. All right. And that is good information. When we come back, I'm going to just briefly, I want to go through the 10 steps with all of you listening, because there are some here you're going to be thinking to yourself, what has that got to do with anything? Well, when you go through what Anthony does, and I'll read these to you, there are a few of them that pop out and they pop out as being so relevant to the world we're living in now and the situation we're living in now that this is for me every day I look for something that is going to help me not just survive, but thrive. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Anthony. 
Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, everyone. I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change.
Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, uh, Anthony Cummings is joining me here today, and I want to make sure you all, uh, I think, Zach, you're putting up a bunch of things on the book too, right? Um, on on a, on a video here. So can you guys see that book right there? Did I, Zach, am I doing a good job? Um, so this is one of these books. And now that I'm talking with Anthony, um, I realize the the beauty of this in today's world. And I want to just tell everybody, these are the 10 steps. But the reason I didn't read them at first, Anthony, was the book is so much more. And, you know, every step has a whole series of dialogue, exercise, and important things. But control your mind is the first. Um, the second is lead a samurai lifestyle. Engage strategically with the world. Build a fortress, which we're going to talk about now. Follow a way, which we're going to talk about next. Build an army. Understand the way of war. Adopt the way of the ninja. Study samurai magic. Um, you must be asking, why in the world did she go to build a fortress? It must be something I need to learn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, hate admitting it. But I was surprised. And then I thought about my partner, my table tennis partner. Tell me from your perspective on what building a fortress means in today's modern world, because it means a lot of things if you just leave it like that. But you have a special meaning for it. I think without it in here, I think the other steps are going to really be doomed. Can you talk about right. this is now my projection anyway. Tell yeah. me, tell <laughs> us about what building a fortress means in contemporary times. Right. It basically we actually are plugged into the world, aren't we? You're never off the grid. And what I don't mean, of course, is going off into the mountains and living there. You've got to live in society. But if you're interdependent on everything else, you're not in you're not an individual, you're not a samurai, it's an individual who works. So we have a term in samurai literature called Ipe. In that they only fight alone, they go off alone. It means that they are units alone who can band together. But the problem is, in the way we live today, it's you're not alone and band together. You're actually part of a network that easily breaks down and is gone. As we've shown by, you know, COVID and everything now, you can be very, you can be a lot at risk. So for me, your fortress is the primary place inside your mind where, first of all, your mental fortress about there's outside, there's, so either there's your private heart, there's your heart for friends, and then there's your heart for the world. And that's a Japanese saying, that's what they used to do. And that extends also to your home, to getting water, to getting fuel, even to defending it. And even the way you structure your garden should be just thinking the way of the fortress. And if you don't do this, your entire life setup is a bit messy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, can I talk about this with you? And it does relate yeah. to the other steps. Um but when I was reading this, and for those of you just tuning in, Anthony Cummins uh, joining me here today, How to Be a Modern Samurai, 10 Steps to Finding Your Power. I love this word, finding your power and achieving success. Do you know 10 years ago, Anthony, just wanted to say this to you, 10 years ago, if a woman used the word power, it was really pretty much they're going to have you locked up. They're like, why are you using that word? Right. Um, 
I have a show that I do that's called Power Up with Dr. Pat. I'm writing a book called Power Up X. Um, why? Why? What is the energy of that? Well, you literally nail it in here. Because when people ask me why, I never have a good answer. But I'm reading your book and I realize that if I don't do what you just said, I'm not going to be able to do the next step very well. I don't know if you did this on purpose or not. Let me just let me just read this from the next step. Next step is follow a way. Follow a way. Not follow his way, her way, its way. Follow a way. If you have inherited your power from your family, set to making a solid achievement in any other path you choose so that you are respected. I studied respect and promises for 10 years. And I did a study, contrary to my school, but that's just me. And I asked a question. I asked people, what do you believe the company, the government, the world, what do you think they're obligated to provide you with? Not like, what do you think you should get, but obligated, that word. 98% thousands of people said respect. And then I get here and I said, oh, I would love for you to talk about one, how this made it to the book. And I would like you to also help us realize how important it is, Anthony. And I'm not saying this is easy. I mean, I am in a profession right now that costs me a relationship. My friends kind of looked at me like I was crazy because I should have been able to pick any corporation that I could possibly work with and get very much money, big benefits, travel the world. And I decided I'm going to buy airtime. That's not logical. But tell me about follow your own path and how important it is to the body, the mind, and especially the soul. So, so paths are not laid out. There is two things here. There's the Taoist way, and then there's a little bit of the Confucian way. But it, what that means is the way of the universe is has the same ideogram in Japanese, and the way of Confucianism way has the same ideogram, but they mean separate things. So you have to follow the Taoist way, which I'm sure I'm assuming we'll talk about later. But also you have to have your own path in life. It doesn't matter if you're a potter, a swordsman, a typist, a business manager, whatever it is. If you don't carve out that path, you're just going to mingle around with everybody else being shoved into pens saying, you go and do this job, you go and do that. So actually when you say that uh, you've lost a relationship and you lost friends, that's, that's one of the things that anybody who steps onto the path or the way will find they very quickly do. You lose your friends and you lose your relationships because what you do, as you say, inside your soul, you're reorganizing the way your mind thinks. And then you're trying, basically inside your emotional turmoil is waving. And what you've got to do is even that out. And then you suddenly have a different sort of energy with people. And suddenly other people who've not done that become erratic and strange. And the way your mind processes doesn't fit with theirs. And all of a sudden, relationships start breaking down and all of that. So what you find then is new friendships come when you get your own way. But because you're not on the same path, you're on paths that go in the same direction. You tend to build better bonds with people and move along in a better way together. 
You know, it, it, this is one of these these items, these steps that it had to be inspirational to write, but it also had to be difficult to write in a way where you talk about finding your own special path. And, you know, I, I was struck by it because this has been an ongoing challenge for me. And I make decisions sometimes that are not um, popular, that people may get afraid, like, why are you going to do that show? Or why are you talking about that? But it also leads to some of the other steps in the book. And I want to talk about, you, you know, uh, I, I want to get to what I bet you're finding is, <laughs> this is just me. I, I want to, before I talk about the samurai magic, I want to get to the one which I, I think is probably the most controversial in here. And that's the way of war. And I want to talk with you about that, though, from the way you've written about it and what the lessons are, because it would have been hard for you to write a book about samurai and not have that chapter in it. it it's really only war, hard. basically. Yeah, they are warriors. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how you would have gotten around that. Um, but you found it not just important to put in here, but you also found that there are things that we learn from war I, I, we may not like war right we don't like war most of the time we don't like war but we use that term over and over again we use it in sports i mean it yep. does get used and yet let's talk about some of the attributes that you put in here that i think are so important to battle the war against covid19 because people are calling it like a war well, you got to remember, even things like everything's a war. People don't understand this. So, what you what most people miss is things like sales campaign. What's a campaign? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're having a sales campaign. Know. You know what you mean? Like you mean? So yeah. sorry, I thought we went. So yeah, the idea of war is absolutely there. You're always struggling. Anybody who does business, anybody who does anything, you're at war with people. And your your responsibility is: are you going to destroy others, or are you going to build others up, but be on the top? This is the thing about samurai. When we, so a few things that have come up so far is the idea of like the, the power of women and everything and women being in power and all that is the simple fact is that most of us have no power, irrelevant of being a man or a woman, black or white. Most of us are inside the machine and we're just going. And the idea of the samurai is to break through that and you have to plan a strategic campaign. You have to plan your war. It's not about, nowadays, it's not about killing anyone. It's about getting to the top. And that doesn't mean, and I want to make sure people understand it, it's not about money. It's not about getting more riches. It's about pushing your spirit to the closest it can do to enlightenment. And you must also get your, your family life, if you like, to comfort. It's when you can have an area of land that's yours, you can have a life that's easy and that the universe is working for you and you with it because you've structured your strategy to get there. And, you know, this is one of these things that, you know, for me, I coach women. I coach a few men, but I primarily coach women, uh, women executives, right? Um, yeah. And I don't shy away from the word power because it is part of the infrastructure of the world we live. But I think there's both a masculine and a feminine side to just about everything. Yeah. But one of the things that I, I find is that 
this is hard to hear until you talk about it. So let me give you a silly example, if you don't mind. Yep. Wonder Woman. Hmm. Wonder Woman, the entire Amazon people over there, they don't say war, although they did in the first Wonder Woman, you know, in talking about Aries. But this is an entire franchise that is um, about women that talks about getting to an end game for the higher good. But here's the thing. You point some chapter that we should talk about for a minute. I only know we have a little time left. When you talk about remember the steady progress better than the rapid growth, I hear Linda's mom sitting across the table from me, uh, Irish, sitting across the table, looking down, big blue eyes, and looking at me and saying, slow and steady. Can we talk about some of the, the features you have in here? Because the last thing I want to talk about is how all this wraps up into the thing that you cannot explain so much, and that's the magic. But there are some things in here. Let's talk about it, right? Um, you talk about the four attitudes. And these four attitudes I have seen upfront personal. What is it about this chapter and understanding this that could help us in our everyday life now? You know, we're not just changing. We have a whole paradigm way of life that has shifted, right? I think the way we're going now is actually a little bit worse, to be honest. I think that's what's needed. We've lost that structure. We've lost the personal structure. So which bits exactly were you talking about? Sorry. Yeah, go which, for it. No, no. So we've lost this, this structure. And because we look to the past, especially summer past as barbaric, we forget that actually by getting rid of the war, getting rid of the barbarism, we've actually lost that edge of where you have to sharpen your own soul, if you like. You have to sharpen it. And even people, my friends call me hard. They call me, you know, just to no emotions, emotionless and all that. And it's not that I'm emotionless. It's because you have to, each individual aspect of yourself, you have to sharpen into an edge or harden. And I liken this to a lot of people put on a strong exterior, but like an egg. They have an egg. And the idea is what you should have is an egg and then a stone, a pebble that are almost the same shape. Most people will produce this, you know, strong women or men that produce this power. I've got power. And you just do the odd tap and it cracks away and they dis dis disintegrate. Whereas what you have to do is build that pebble from the inside. So you actually look like an egg and people think, oh, crack it. And then they hit it and they think, oh, that was hard. And then it's not that that pebble's not being thrown at anybody. It's not aggressive. No. It's just solid. And that's what you have to do when we talk about redefining your internals is build them. So it can come across where you lose friends and all that. And my friends are like, Anthony, you've got no emotion. You're terrible. But actually, it's just about, re um, and the main thing here is put, you have to be honest with yourself, absolutely honest. I know exactly, oh, how can I say this? The entire, the way I could sum this book up entirely is about it's a chain. And, you know, we always know the weakest link thing. You just harden those links, and but you've got to be flexible. So the idea is you're hard, you're unbreakable, but you're still flexible. Now, this is the four aspects of um, the old ways, which is flexibility, rigidness, strength and softness so you need to be strong when you need to be like physically not physically but strong in your mindset yeah. so these four aspects actually about all physical strength deception everything 
So you need strength. You also need to be weak when you need to be weak. When should you calm it down? You need to know when to be flexible and you need to know when to be rigid and you're not moving. And if you master those four aspects, you've, you've got life sorted. I've not, by the way, that's the number one key is everybody goes around pretending they're a samurai and all this. The number one thing you realize is how fragile you are inside and how much work you've got to do. Yeah, I think that's really the part for me. Uh, and that really leads to the next conversation about magic, because let me put it in my words. And I'd love for you to talk about, you know, putting it in your words. But before we do, Anthony, again, how tell us about when the book's coming out and how do we find out about you? Tell us about your YouTube channel. So basically, I'm on YouTube. That's the best way to find me, to be honest. It's Anthony Cummins. And you'll find me lots of Japanese things there. Um, and also the book comes out on the 11th of August. And again, nice. it's everywhere. It's all in the shops. It's waiting to go out. But basically, Amazon's your cheapest way to get it. Get it cheaper for you. Get it on the, you know, the easiest way. Um, okay. Thank you for that. And, you know, let's talk about, you know, this transition for this. Because, you know, there is something that, you know, is causing us to understand a new level of resilience. But there is the paradigm of resilience that really made its, that word made its way into corporate America and probably corporations all over the world about 20, 30 years ago, maybe. But that word never took into consideration the masculine and the feminine side of things. It never took into consideration us looking at where we're most vulnerable it never really did that. And, you, you know, this really is, for me, this next piece, the magic. This is the piece. When I am in a foxhole and I have lost all logical aspects of possibility, I have to have something else to go to. Um, could you talk about the magic of samurai, because that this does not get discussed, but I'll tell you what, it is really essential. And I love that you actually use the word magic. Well, we because we scare away from it sometimes, it's absolutely magic, without a doubt. Now, what we have to be careful of here is, or, you know, from a Christian point of view, we consider magic as black magic as evil or something like that. But without doubt, some of these are magical spells from their religion, the same as we would look to St. Christopher or the same as we would do the cross or say the prayers. They have the same thing. They have black magic and white magic, actually. Yeah. Um, or, you know, really. In fact, if you go down the way of the ninja, it's sinister, horrible, horrific animal cruelty magic. There's all sorts. But what a lot of people don't realise in the world of the samurais, they absolutely did fully engaged with magic they fully engage with ritual ceremony ceremonial magic the lot and samurai from their armor all the way to their um ceremonies were had magic so for example in the old days at war uh, they had a horse and that horse had to be a certain color which matched with one of your five elements you know the five chinese taoist elements and you had yeah. to be in a relationship of um either uh, a a sort of generation relationship or a destructive relationship your armor that you wore was laced up in an incorrect way so even uh you lace up in a certain way of death if you're going to face death you have talismans or sanskrit and all these magical elements all over you they even have ninjas used to go into battle with um hairpins where they've got the darkness of the moon involved and there's all sorts of magical things so, for example, the very famous one we know is the Kuji, which is Rinpyo Tosha Kaijin Retsuzai Zen Aun. And you would do these sort of magical rituals to 
bring, and it actually means the army of warriors come to my back and help me out. It's absolutely steeped. But what, I'm, what I want to say is, without doubt, that is backed up by the, the idea that of Taoism, the universe is there yeah. to, to lead you in a certain way. And the ancestor spirits are there. So when you call on the ancestors in Japanese, you're genuinely calling on help. You know, we would say ghosts or whatever, but you could say you, in Christian uh, in Christian magic, we would call on a saint or in um, sort of paganistic magic, we would call on this deity. And that's the same with samurai. Have you? I assume you've uh, enjoyed that section on magic. I loved it. I loved it because, you know, I, it doesn't matter what page you turn of what spiritual practice or religion. There is the page that you turn that says, I need to call on something. I need to call on something I cannot visibly see. And there are many ways to do that. We know that, you know, we know that you could have 98 million deities in the Hindu religion, or you could have something else. But it's this idea that we will push something so far, thinking that we can do everything ourselves with our own two hands to the point where we don't realize we can't. And you're right about that. There's a reference in pretty much everything that's ever been written from a scriptural perspective. I mean, Daniel in the Bible was psychic. So how do we do that in today's modern world? And I know we've got about two minutes left, but part of this in what you're writing in the book is we need some new tools. Mm. And I think that's part of what you're writing about. My favorite thing of all times is actually a scene from Narnia. You know where, remember Narnia, where Aslan gets killed yeah. by the queen and everybody's like, oh, what's going on? And Aslan says, she didn't know the deeper magic. So the point is she knew the spells and all that, but she didn't get the underlying principles. And that's Taoism. Once you understand the underlying principles, yeah. the 98 million gods all fit into place and you get it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anthony, for today. Uh, again, let people know how to get a copy of the book. And my last question is, I'd love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today. Uh, it's always your fault. No matter what in the world, it's your fault. So if your life is going wrong, fix it, and the universe will fix it for you. Yeah. Boy, I love it. Uh, Anthony, what's your YouTube channel? It's just called Anthony Cummins. All right. Anthony, thank you so much. Uh, thank no, you for thank joining you. us here today. Uh, thank you for really writing the, the detail and the in, in just exciting interest in not just the 10 steps, but the meaning of them and the ways to implement them in a modern world. Thank you so much for all of the above. Thank you very much. Let's take a short break, everybody. We're not done. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. <laughs> 